0: You're listening to the Captain Groomer podcast
1: for days. Yep. I can't
0: wait to hear it all
1: about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lauren, Lauren's getting another really, another really yeah. close old friend. <laughs> yeah. It. Good stuff. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to podcast episode six. As always, Lauren Bruin, the lovely co-host, with her wine. <laughs> Thank you. And tonight you guys are in for a real treat. I have one of my best friends, a longtime friend and a legend from the Northwest, Chris North. How you doing y'all? <laughs>
0: so excited to have you here, Chris.
1: Thank you very much. Happy to be here. Dude, this is a good one. This one is going on, gonna go deep and you have a lot of like really cool history. like your family. Dude, I remember when I met you. It was college? your college I think I think you were, well, a you, were soph- still- you
2: yeah you yeah. were a sophomore in college I was a sophomore in high school yeah it was um so I, I definitely had seen you on Facebook through my sister mm-hmm. but uh the first time we met I think was at me and Andre's football game is at Monroe High School and you were there doing pictures
1: yeah yep. yeah
2: I, I, I remember just that ran up to the side what's up <laughs> dude? you know my sister <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: that's
1: about how it happened <laughs> Everybody listens like, "How did he know his sister?"
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm so curious. <laughs>
1: his sister was a ski racer, I think oh. is what it was. Yeah, she was a uh,
2: super G slalom and something else for uh, Mission Ridge.
1: Yeah, and I was just the dork at Stevens Pass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we had classes together. I think that's what it was. Yeah, business but yeah, class, I think. Yeah, so your sister. Uh, but yeah, dude, there was wild times. Like there's some, <laughs> there's fun antics. I remember like the f- the first memory that comes up from you know, go, like you guys went to the same school and all of that was, uh, they invited me out to their cabin. You guys had this like badass cabin in Clio, and he's like, yeah, let's go snowmobiling. You have a sled. We have sleds. We also have access to some of the best terrain that's really close by so i'm like all right sweet
3: nice.
1: and from that it was just like dude this kid is like on another level and he's younger than my brother <laughs> you know so we definitely bonded on that yeah no most definitely then uh riding that one snowmobile back with one ski <laughs> oh dude it was so bad i remember you had the one sled it was like 120 miles an hour it yeah it's no, no, like where's chris <laughs> gone can come back you're just sitting there on the side missing a ski (laughs)
2: yeah
1: all those the sledding adventures the the single sled or the single ski terrible
2: i think it was raining that day yeah no it was like complete ice on the road um just slush conditions it was not good
1: (laughs) yeah we had a josh watts I i was actually just on the phone with him um a little bit earlier this afternoon, he's like, yo, what's up, man? I'm like, Chris is covering the podcast. He's like, oh, what? We all got to get coffee. <laughs> oh, Watts, man. Yeah. Those are those some fun times for oh, sure. that was a good time. <laughs> Between sledding. Oh, do you remember when von Schneider rolled his truck
2: uh, yeah this
1: this is uh
2: do you give me your perspective okay so i just remember hearing like a gunk gunk when we're because we, we were up at the top of the hill they had gone somewhere i forgot where they were heading and it was just you and me and uh there's a couple other people there yeah i don't um i think it's like ivy a couple other people and I just remember hearing a gagunk a gunk and we're like, shit, they've been gone a minute. Then <laughs> I think we're even joking. That yeah. The next thing we see, we're going to see is them walking around the corner and shit. Like five minutes later, they were fucking walking around the corner <laughs> carrying as much as they could out of Zach's truck.
1: Yeah. No. <laughs> so I was, I remember I was, I was saying that cause we had like the the quads, the dirt bikes. It was like this helipad landing up this uh like forest service road or whatever. And, we were all chatting. We had a campfire, and I just remember out of the corner of my eye, I saw this like little red blip, like, two red blips. I'm like, "That's weird," you know. There's no road that goes straight down, <laughs> oh, so I'm no. like, oh, "Okay, whatever." <laughs> I wasn't really thinking about it, and um, and then, yeah, sure enough, I think it was like 20, 20 minutes, thirty minutes later, uh, Vlad was wearing his dirt bike gear, that. and literally his dirt bike gear saved his life. Yeah, he oh. got um, crushed. Yeah. <laughs> And then the only reason Zach survived is because he got thrown into Vlad and the tree stump that the roof of their truck, when it rolled, it literally crushed where Zach would have been sitting. Oh, my God. Yeah, the whole
2: driver's side was just completely caved in.
0: Wow. Yeah. It's... So obviously they weren't wearing seatbelts, or
2: uh, I, I, <laughs> I mean we were drinking beers the whole time too, so yeah, every uh, every belts were low on that priority yeah. list. Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean thank
3: God,
2: right? Yeah, right. <laughs> Seriously, Shit. yeah, no, that would have that would have been the end of
3: Zach.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that oh yeah, God. that was just like one of the many the many antics. It was not mm.
0: his time to go. No, no,
1: no. <laughs> no. All that like we had a lot of fun times at, at that cabin. Whether it was just like you know shooting guns, taking the the off-road vehicles yeah, um, out for adventures. I remember one time we were up there. I think it was Robert was up
2: there. Caitlin was just over in Ellensburg trying to find housing. We were all up at the cabin. And Robert was shooting the gun. I think it was that one, two o'clock in the morning <laughs> right as the cop comes up to the door telling us to stop he opens the backslider pops his head in where's the ammo i need some more <laughs> oh with a fucking cop right at the front door yeah
0: how did that end
2: actually we, we walked away no tickets no problems but uh, yeah. another story i guess. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's Ellensburg for you.
2: Yep.
3: <laughs>
0: you can
1: pretty much,
2: it's like a wild west out there. <laughs> oh, dude, they're wild. And you can open carry and Safeway.
1: Oh, yeah, dude. I, there are so many fun times just like driving into town. His dad had this like, so his dad had a Cummins. Mm-hmm. It was just like this classic, classic you know, final five speed manual. And Chris is like, yo, let's take the truck into town and go like grab donuts and pastries <laughs> and ammo. And it was like, yep, this makes sense. We're gonna go get feed, ammo, and donuts. Yep. We are living <laughs> in Ellensburg, Big living life, dude. That was every every weekend for a long time. Oh,
2: we're hitting it a lot.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then like kind of transitioning into that, it's like, um, like your your family. Like your dad had those cowboy boots, your mom had like her little chalet of stuff. <laughs> like, yep. it kind of takes me into that whole world. Like, you have you come from like a legacy of the norths, oh. you know, like your grandpa, your parents. Like, okay, so a
2: little history about me. So, on my father's side, we are four generations off of Anheuser Busch, mm. so, um, direct descendant of that. Wow! My grandfather's cousin also was uh, first American to summit Everest. And, what? And also became um, he was hired on of a small little mountaineer company in Seattle, and eventually um, took over control of it and grew it into what we know as REI. What? what?
0: Are you serious? I literally have full body chills just listening to those. Like, <laughs> dude,
2: those, I like, never yeah. knew that. What? Yeah. That's yeah, wild. Jim and Lou Whitaker are uh, the first Americans to summit Everest. Damn. Or they led the team, I believe. Mm-hmm. And that became REI. Well, uh, he came back and he just, you know, kind of was hitting a slump in his climbing career and uh, didn't really know what to do. So he, he uh, his friend, owned the company at the time. So he's like he hired him on to be the sales manager, and eventually he just started taking control of it. And because he knew knew the community and knew yeah. what they needed, <laughs> dude, that's legit. Yeah, and um, not too much on my mom's side. Um, we're just second generation Mexican American from that side. Um, but, uh, she, she definitely came from a harder home. So Mm -hmm. she, uh, was on the street by 12, um, just kind of doing her own thing. She was married her first time by 16, I think second time by 20. Mm -hmm. Um, she just definitely lived a hard life and, uh, made some of it though. definitely turned around (laughs) she turned
1: around dude so
0: how did your parents meet do you know that story
2: yeah so my dad was friends with a car salesman he uh used to own an rv dealership and fairly in in tune with that community and my mom actually is uh working for another um car dealership at the time i think it was um, bmw of seattle Mm. and uh, they just met through a mutual friend
0: wow yeah
2: there you go there you
1: go yeah (laughs) Fun fact about about your mom and that whole dealership thing. I never knew until like I don't know three four years ago. She's like, "Yeah, you met Sir Mix a lot." I'm like, "Yeah, I met him." He's like, "Yeah, have you ever heard that song that has like Clarice and then like Thank You Clarice?" I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "That's about me." yeah
0: oh my gosh yeah. <laughs> yeah she uh
2: when she worked at bmw seattle she uh became the manager and uh got to know a lot of uh, people through that and one of uh one of the regular customers was sir mick's or no anthony yeah and they just got to be uh, fast friends through times and uh i think she was also marked as part of the posse off broadway
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, so, it's just like i just touching on that it's just like how cool and how connected your family is. Your parents, like, they can talk to anybody. Like, I've, your dad can literally sell dirt to a worm. <laughs> like, it's unreal. He has the communication skills of no tomorrow. Yep. And then your mom is just like, that that's Mexican energy, dude. She just like... <laughs> she got that spice. <laughs> she is yep. spicy. Yeah. <laughs> dude, she, she's spicy for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, And yeah, so did you... Did you work for your dad? Uh, I, I've done jobs at the company.
2: I've never uh, pulled a W-2 from the company, no.
1: Oh, okay. Because, yeah, like for people that don't know, like Chris's, Chris's dad and Chris's grandpa owned, was it Carl North Co.?
2: Carl North RV. It was um, North Seattle. It was an RV dealership. Uh, it actually originally started uh, right where the Elephant Car Wash used to be in downtown Seattle, right at the base of the Space Needle. When it first opened up, I think it was 1949, 1950. What? And my dad would go with his his dad down to the car lot. And it was right before the World's Fair. And he was watching the Space Needle get built.
1: That is amazing. Wow. That is so cool that he, like, he got to see that. Yeah, because I remember um, one night we were just cruising around uh, Seattle. And you're like, yo. Let's go check out this new pit that my dad made i'm like the pit what and then i don't know this was like know, 11 o'clock at night we just like went and got dick's drive-in and then uh this was when the photo you took the the xterra and you like parked it in front of the atm i don't know why but like that that photo just lives in my head just being assholes <laughs> Just being dumb yeah but uh we went to so was the car lot was it the car lot or RV, RV lot? RV no, lot. The RV lot. So this place is huge. Yeah, and we about flew, two and a
2: half acres. <laughs> yeah, so
1: we drove by. I'm like, okay, it's just a bunch of rock, dude. And he's like, no, 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 just wait. And it wasn't that much long after when we took that whole, like, ATM terra picture and we drove by and it was like this hole in the ground. I'm like, what is this? And he's like, oh, just wait. It's going <laughs> to rise up. And I'm like, okay, I can put two and two together. And then we drove back again. I don't know how many months later. And now there's a full-blown apartment complex there. Yep uh 352
2: unit complex
1: yeah that's that's some cool stuff because so you um you know a lot of people like either your dad's friends or your friends you used to run like property management stuff because i remember you because like you would like come over and you're like oh yeah i just wrote out this like 4,000-page contract for whatever. I'm like, how did you get into this?
2: So, we, we've we done a lot of um, real estate rentals, whether it's commercial, residential, and just through the different years, I've kept copies of different uh, contracts and different things, just honestly because it's so user-friendly to just be able to have <laughs> copies of different contracts you need on mm-hmm. hand. So, I just uh, keep copies of just about everything I come across, just because I know eventually it'll be useful.
1: That's... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that is helpful. Another, like you know how to do so many things like from that and like you taught me how to make napalm like randomly like made napalm as i was like check this out and we like threw it on the ground in front of his parents house and it's just like the streets like on fire yeah it was
2: um it was a mixture of uh, stump remover sugar um oh what was it another type of um garden chemical uh, for a period of time, I was getting into making different explosive devices
3: oh, no. and different uh,
2: <laughs> fire things, and I actually came up and kind of invented my own type of uh, remote explosion device, <laughs> or, or uh, remote detonator oh, yeah. with a uh, disposable cell phone and a model rocket engine. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> And uh, there's this one time, yeah, like Savannah was saying, we uh, used a uh, sugar bomb and uh, lit it in front of the house and ended up melting the asphalt.
0: <laughs> Oopsies.
1: A little bit. <laughs> pretty see, sure it's still there, too. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's still there. But see, like, this is just, like, getting a, a little side of your brain. Like, you just figure stuff out. Like, um, I think I was telling you the other day, um i brought this up with you you had created this was like 10 plus years ago you had created an ocular device using cheap ass ray bands some little camera thing and a code
2: yeah no i was helping on the team that did uh, the iRider program that uh used uh, a playstation 3 camera just a pair of uh, cheap disposable glasses and uh they uh, were able to track your retina and connect it to your computer with a basic open source program that you were able to download on any program because ALS, it, it was for ALS, because majority of the programs they had at the time were hundreds of thousands of dollars. And the goal was to try and come up with something under a hundred dollars that you could just build yourself an open source program. So you could read, write, communicate, X, Y, and Z. Mm. Dude. Wow. With your eyes. Yeah. And well, you made that. If you think about it, your eyes, you know, you have the same controls you would with a mouse. You have left, right clicks and you have a control for direction.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, true. But the fact that I just like, I was just over like randomly over at your house hanging out. I was like, I don't know, Thursday or Friday. And you're just like, yeah, look what I did. I'm like, were you bored? <laughs>
2: like, You find something you like, you want to pursue and you want to do right for the world.
1: Definitely. What it, What is that now for you? What is like the the thing that you've kind of like pushed into? That you're like, I'm I'm doing this.
2: I, I guess the uh, the only answer I have to that right now is myself, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fixing myself and making sure because I, I have definitely uh, veered fairly off course from where I should have been. So I guess the only answer is fixing myself because I know once I get that toolbox fixed and squared away, I'll be able to do a lot more.
1: That's fantastic. That's seriously so great. And what have you done? What have you done that you've tried to find that might work? And then what is working now? Okay.
2: So two years ago, I was about 400 pounds, I had a fairly bad alcohol addiction, cocaine addiction, pill addiction. Um, I honestly just was not living life, just nothing about it. I was just on a slow roll to the grave. Uh, there's a quote I once read that talks about if you choose to live life or you choose to die slowly and I had absolutely just accepted that I was choosing to die slowly and I was honestly probably one party away from blowing my heart out I know there is multiple days I was snorting multiple grams of cocaine I should have honestly been dead from the amount of drugs I've done but there was just this one point when it was honestly right after my daughter's second birthday that I just kind of looked in the mirror and I just I wanted to vomit. I just could not accept what was there. And so I I honestly kind of made a few more lies to myself. I was telling myself I was going to fix things. I was going to make it right. And I didn't. I just kept on kind of floundering. And eventually I just kind of woke up one day and realized how off I was. So I, I kind of floundered a little bit more. I went to a couple of AA meetings, went to an NA meeting, Definitely wasn't my cup of tea. I mm-hmm. I tried picking up like a sponsor and talking to him. That was probably making me want to drink more. <laughs> this guy <laughs> calling me ten times a day. How are you feeling? What is this doing to you? What where are you? Yeah. It's like Dude. it's not for
0: everybody, I'll tell you that. No, absolutely yeah. not. Mm-hmm. It,
2: it was it was not working. It was probably going the backwards, but there is one person through AA that I met and he was actually connected through my dad. And he told me one thing that that made the most profound sense to me. And I honestly never even put into words like that. But he said, you are a loser. But if you change now, your daughter might not know you as one. Aww. And honestly, that was that just broke me. Mm. And after that, I finally just kind of realized what I was doing and, and uh, where I was leading her. And it wasn't anywhere good. Mm-hmm. And so I, one, one brick at a time, started trying to build the road to some a better life.
1: That's awesome. That like that profound moment changed the course of your history. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. So now you're, you're doing, um, cause I know this as far as like, you're, um, checking out, uh, Lauren's work with yeah. healthy beings. Yep. And like, what was, what was your first reaction to your, what are you doing again?
2: So right now we're doing the, the medex and the theta light theta- chamber.
0: Theta chamber. Yeah. Yes.
2: And, uh, the medics, it, it, it's honestly, it's it's stupid simple that it, nobody has, you know, progressed something like that before because it honestly, it, it's it's just the most un, you know, uh, an unexercised but overutilized muscle in your body that I think is pretty. Being able to just isolate it is so simple, but it, it was magically effective. <laughs> but uh, I definitely need to pursue it a lot more to get get it balanced. But uh, honestly, the Theta Light Chamber is what I think the most was the most interesting. But I'm still extremely curious on where it's going to take me and the, the mm-hmm. effects it's going to have. So I've only had two experiences with it so far. And the first one was Tuesday. Second one was Thursday. And the first one was absolutely amazing. It uh, it definitely was an experience, and I'm still trying to describe it, I guess. But it's it's definitely left me feeling a lot better. I will have to say the second one, by my own account, <laughs> or by my own responsibility, was not the best experience afterwards <laughs> for me. Just I went into it with too much on my mind, too much going on in my head, with not enough sleep, and just not the right attitude, I guess, in my head. And so it, it didn't... Afterwards, I just... It wasn't right plus plus i had my daughter and i definitely need to do it without that stress yeah. just because it put me almost in like a bad trip feeling yeah what's yeah.
0: so amazing i just had a client come in today who her second time she literally got out and she said she'll be right back in 30 minutes and she never came back that was yesterday she came back today mm-hmm. she tried to tell me can we do theta uh, at the very end you know after my other service and i'm like hold on a second where is this coming from i explained like no this is why we're doing it first and let's practice gratitude first let's do some deep breathing whatever right got her in it she had the like best experience out of all of her experiences so far and so it's like it's going to be a little different Mm -hmm. every single time you go in it and yeah when you walk in you're going to have a different state that you're in but like don't give up you know don't (laughs) don't try and quit or anything because it will honestly like it, blow it was, your mind what the next one's going to be like yeah
2: no i yeah. guess i'm looking at it more as how can i sit up to be better yeah just because right. for me the experience is just so much to absorb that i need the time after to process and yeah. when i immediately hop back into just running 100 miles an hour with my daughter i just mm-hmm. i i'm not in that zone and trying to accept the things I was thinking while trying to be stressed out was just creating a storm of Absolutely.
0: not,
1: not happening. <laughs>
0: totally get that. Yeah. Dude,
1: have, have you, uh, looked so have you looked at the hyperbaric chamber or like you've been in it? Uh, no. I, I came and saw you in it. dude. There's I,
0: still a lot of things that he still needs to give a try and yeah. yeah well, get into.
2: Yeah. No, next week we're going to hit the ground running because yeah. I'm, uh, stopping my Adderall and I'm giving up, Nicotine. Wow. Oh, okay. so, so
0: Well, Savannah and I next should level follow, next week. follow the path with
1: yeah, you. <laughs> we're definitely going to follow the path with you. So dive into that a little bit Adderall. Cause I okay. remember my brother had a, um, had a hard time with school and you guys went to the same school. Yep. Absolutely hated it. It's the worst school on earth. Uh, are we allowed
2: to name drop on here? Or what? Yeah,
1: go, go for it, dude. Cedar I don't
2: know. Kind of,
0: <laughs> so no shout out. No, yeah, shout, no out.
1: shout out. We're not <laughs> shouting that out. Yeah. It sucked. Um, so yeah, you guys went to the same school. Um, Andre was on Adderall. Uh, when they found out is like learning disability in that sense, but like, his IQ is off the chart and then they put him on Adderall and then it's just like, his score skyrocketed. So what was your experience? How did it go? Like, cause it's ADD, right? Or yeah, AD, ADHD. ADHD. Yeah. And, and
2: I don't remember the exact type, but it's, uh, the combination type of hyper in- in- and, ac- Oh, there it is.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, it's a combination type. I forget the, the descriptor of it, but, uh, For me, I started Adderall when I was about 15. I was put on 70 milligrams a day. And honestly, where I was at the time, I was already an addict. I was already drinking vastly too much. So well, you're like,
0: this is great. Yeah, you no, know? exactly. Like, it, I it mean, was, I was, yeah. yeah it was I totally a, just it. another <laughs>
2: prescription drug that I could, and at the time, I think it was probably a year into it, I started crushing and snorting. Yep. Yeah,
0: and then if you could sell them, I mean, you know, yeah, like, no, uh, it, trust it, me, I a, got it's you. It's
2: commodity, <laughs> commodity a
1: market. Oh, I yeah. mean, come on.
0: If you get it for seven bucks. <laughs> you can sell each one for, you know yeah
1: exactly I she, got she you. gets it she gets a bunch <laughs> of salesmen over here been there yeah, <laughs> yeah i
0: know <laughs>
2: so, yeah but
0: yes okay so
2: so it didn't end up actually doing that much it just became another drug addiction for me but uh after i quit this this or finally quit i should say i tried it again because i i just was struggling so much i had so much just i couldn't figure out so get straight in my head and I, I honestly was just trying to look for a fix and it mm. and I think it helped a little bit, but I don't think it did everything it should have. And I, I honestly, so I've been having problems getting it. They, they mess up my prescription all the time. And so this morning, um, I, uh, last week I called to refill my prescription. So I called this morning to figure out they had gotten it because I hadn't gotten any confirmation. They just had so many problems and everybody was just saying, well, we're not going to do anything, not going to help you. And so I don't know. I, I got frustrated. I was losing my temper. I was just imploding on myself after honestly having one of the best weeks of my life. And I just, I, I took a look at that because I absolutely do know I am an addict. I can turn anything into an addiction. Mm. And I a part of me accepted I would be addicted to that. But once, once I got this morning, once I, I realized I was going to be off of it, I just got scared and I didn't feel safe. And that's mm. one of my biggest realizations in the past year was I was I never have felt safe in my life and finding out that has honestly been the biggest help of my life because once I figured that out, I've been able to start applying things and applying that logic to things. And I've honestly grown so much just from that one simple idea. And it's, it's, it's honestly profoundly stupid to me that something so small like that could, because for me, I grew up with guns. I've had a loaded gun in my room since I was 10 years old. Safety is a loaded gun to me. Yeah, I never thought of a feeling of feeling safe. Mm. That was never even I guess I it was lost to me at so young. I I just wasn't able to even bring myself to feel it. And over the past while, I've kind of realized there's a couple instances with people I was around. I felt safe. I felt good. And I just felt like I could be myself. And Mm -hmm. then I kind of was adding all this up. And I was like, damn, I don't feel safe. And Mm
0: and that's your cover-up that's your go-to right and that's like it's so beautiful that you've been on this journey because you're able to actually truly look and see like what is it for you right and like I love that you're able to own and say like you can be an addict you know towards anything or whatever but really deep down why are you I truly believe like you know yeah addiction can run in our family right there's parts of that in our genes and stuff but I really believe it's on an emotional spiritual whatever aspect that something's missing or something isn't fulfilled within us so it makes us go this other route right and if we can find out what that is and heal that then oh my gosh you may not be an actual addict yeah no
2: that's actually one thing I've um was trying to think about it is I might not be an addict except yeah. for nicotine. I do have to say I'm an all addict right. there. <laughs>
0: and there's actually there's healthy ways to go about getting nicotine that can actually increase your longevity and your cognition. So I'll Ooh. have to share that with you. Because yeah, I know all about that.
1: You <laughs> take notes there. <laughs> <laughs> Lauren knows a lot of stuff about a lot of stuff. Yeah, no, she <laughs> that, seems like it. <laughs> yeah, it's incredible.
0: Yeah. I got yeah. you guys. So
1: yeah. yeah. Keep it, keeping it locked down for sure. <laughs> So like I want to touch on that one point, safety. Everybody's always like talking about, oh, I don't feel safe or I feel safe or whatever. You know, what was it that was it that it was it something that stemmed from when you were young or was this something that kind of brewed over time? You're just like, "I don't really." And what what is the safety part of it? So, people, on- yourself. So,
2: honestly, um, I just I I guess, you know, if you read about it, they say safety is something that you gain from your parents being loved Mm -hmm. X, Y and Z. Then, you know, if you have childhood traumas, that comes into play. Mm -hmm. And I know for myself, um, my parents definitely came from abused homes and they had very, very tough time trying to connect and be the parent that just be a parent I guess and Mm -hmm. so I know from just stories that my mom she she struggled with me as a baby and so I I I can absolutely attest that there's probably some abandonment issues that play into that okay just, just a couple different things of that and there was some childhood trauma and I just eventually learned honestly at a very young age at seven to start drinking and masking any feeling I had And eventually it just started spiraling and I lost control and eventually I just didn't care about the control.
1: Mm, And so, you
2: know, I, I know, I know, you know, I know, uh, Savan here knows my past with dating. You haven't, but I definitely externalized my safety feeling with women Mm -hmm. trying to, you know, get my safety from that. And then I also did it with drugs and alcohol and every, (laughs) literally everything I could do to fulfill that hole in me. And it wasn't until I, a couple of weeks ago, I spent a couple of days with some friends down in Palm Springs and I just was able to relax and be myself and be the person I, I see myself being and want to be. And I, then I came back, spent some days just kind of dwelling on that and finally felt good enough to go out and ended up going on a couple of dates and meeting a couple of women. And once again, I found myself trying to find the safety from them. Mm-hmm. And so then event- mm-hmm. I instantly kind of was like, oh, shit, I see what's going on here. Yeah. And I honestly, it's taken this this late in life to see, realize it just because I was first time ever dating sober. Mm-hmm. <laughs> dating
0: I'm, sober is definitely a little different.
2: Very different. Yeah. It wasn't until this past year that I had even gone on a first date sober.
0: Well, I acknowledge you for that. Because it you. takes <laughs> a lot of courage and it takes a lot of awareness and intention And it just shows like the path that you're on, you know, and it's great. You're putting yourself out there, but I would suggest just take this time for yourself, like leave the women out of it right now. You've got Amelia, you know, (laughs) you've got women in your life that you can really um, share that energy with and like really keep that energy for yourself, you know, for your healing and you're just fill your cup because the more you do that like oh my gosh the perfect person is going to show up for you you know <laughs> yeah yeah
1: dude that's huge yeah and t- you're only like what mid 20s or whatever like yeah, get- 29 tomorrow tomorrow 20- yes that's it Yay. yeah tomorrow is chris's birthday <laughs> yeah 29 dude yeah it's never too late it's no. never too late <laughs> dude i'm 32 you you know my culture growing up. Yeah. Like 17, they're like, why aren't you getting married? Where is this woman? We take you to <laughs> Armenia. You'll find wife. I'm like, hell no, I ain't going over there, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want some chick that doesn't know English. You know, uh, I could, yeah. No, I ain't doing that. Ta-
2: pull you away and escape you to another country. Oh, Bye-bye-bye.
1: dude, we've been there, done that. You know all about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was dumb. And I bet you anything they're listening to this podcast. So all of you,
0: I hope they're listening. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and if they if they haven't figured it out already, I have a really good woman sitting right next to me. <laughs> it's Fuck me if you didn't know that. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
1: exactly. You mentioned earlier you weighed almost four hundred pounds. Yeah. How? I can't even. Yeah. How like, did you? you yeah. yeah. How did you get to that point and how have you literally lost two people off of your body?
2: <laughs> Honestly, it's, it was just a matter of constantly eating feelings. It just mm-hmm. was a sedentary life. I worked in an office 10 hours a day, went home, watched TV, ate, got fed up and went to sleep. That was it. Repeat and do it again. Mm-hmm. And you know, <laughs> it just creeps up on you really and probably Within three years, I went from maybe
1: within 20 pounds of where
2: I am now to 400.
1: Because, yeah, dude, I remember I was like every time I saw him, I was like, dude, like for the people that don't know, because we don't have the video up. Chris is you're six, four, six, two, six, two, whatever. You look six,
0: four to Savannah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm a I'm tiny. <laughs> looking we up a little you. bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm always looking up at everybody. How's the weather up there? Oh, it must be so Nice. Until he flies in the chopper, yeah. yeah. Until I find, like, ha, ah, I fit in this thing, it's so comfortable. I don't have to lose weight. Oh man. Yeah, yeah, that is a perk. <laughs> being yeah. being small, I can fit in the aircraft, any aircraft. Um, but the second side of that that question was like the journey, yeah, of so, losing all that weight because okay. you are like, it's like stacked. Yeah, you're yeah. looking dude. good. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yes. So it, I definitely didn't do it probably the healthiest way. I. It was something that I used when I first quit as my stress coping mechanism, was um, exercise and more running. Mm. For the first probably year and a half, I probably ran 12 to 16 miles a day. Mind you, it was only what? in wh- one and I'll two. It a- what? It was only in one and two mile increments, mind you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I would torture myself with it. I and, barely
0: run 30 minutes.
2: <laughs> yeah, when, when you hate yourself enough, you'll find the drive to change. Mm. <laughs> And I do have to say it it was a, a hate for myself, but eventually it became a love for myself because I mm-hmm. started loving the person I was becoming and started running towards that and versus running from myself.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But uh, it was just a matter of building the repetition, building the habits. And um, it took the first year of just being hungry and not liking it. Then I started getting in touch with my body and it started kind of making sense. And I started gaining understanding of what I was needing in a day to make it through when I needed more protein what you know just every different step of it I just learned you know and for the first 13 months I held on to 10 pounds lost every single month so 130 pounds in 13 months wow. and it was not easy and it was not the healthiest but it was a learning experience because I, I honestly had never eaten well in my life um probably the time I was 11 or 12 um, me and my parents we all kind of just started cooking our own things Mm -hmm. my mom would eat what she wanted my dad would eat what he wanted and i would end up just cooking or making whatever i wanted i think in a normal day i would probably do lucky charms for breakfast
3: that's
2: the way to do it (laughs) that's how we did it maybe have like a hot dog or pizza for lunch (laughs) then have pasta for dinner
0: it's a sad diet
2: yeah no it it, it absolutely is Mm -hmm. And But that was the only diet I knew. It was the only thing I, I had, and it only just got worse, honestly. <laughs> it got a little bit better for the three years, four years I played sports in high school, but I honestly was strong enough and competitive enough, I guess, that I was able to push through it because even then I was not eating correctly. And i, I that's one thing I do wish is being able to see myself eat correctly during that period. That would mm-hmm. have been fun, but... go ahead.
0: I'm just curious. So did you like work with a health coach or did you just literally like do this all on your own?
2: So the first 13 months was 100% by myself. Wow. I, I just hated myself so much and it just was such a burning problem. And like I said, I tried doing AA and doing all that. I tried, you know, using people in my life to help. And I saw myself just not being able, I guess, not handle it. I guess would be mm-hmm. the best way to put it. it. Was I couldn't handle it, so I just ended up beating my head against the wall until I got the results I wanted. And I do, I do, I definitely see now that there is a lot better of a way to do it. And part of me wishes I did, but part of me wishes I didn't because it definitely helped build some calluses on me that I needed to build.
3: Mm.
0: Yeah. Well, it's taught you a lot. You absolutely. know, you have a yeah. lot in your tool belt right and, now. Yeah, no, that absolutely. You, like, you know that works for you and what doesn't work for you, and there's people showing up in your life that's going to share a lot more to oh, help absolutely. Guide you on the path you know to just elevate you even more yeah i'm excited
1: <laughs> Yeah, know me too <laughs> i'm
2: so excited you have
0: no idea all
1: <laughs> oh, right on let's get after it
0: <laughs> oh we're going to
1: <laughs> yeah for those that don't know lauren is chris's coach <laughs> yes yep, here yeah, if you didn't figure that one out yeah she is
2: we're uh Start Monday, we're going to uh, yeah. quit
1: nicotine, get off the Adderall, and get ready for surgery.
0: Here we go. Yeah. Yep.
1: So, I, what was that like? Cause, the uh, surgery? Yeah. Because you showed me the scar. Yeah. So, so you got to describe it since people can't okay, see it. So,
2: if you go from my belly button to the top of my ass crack, there is a scar, the circumference of my body. And so, after losing 130 pounds, there is a lot of loose skin. Let's tell you tell you about that. So I could pull out my belly skin, probably about six to eight inches in Whoa. any direction. Yeah, it it was fun. It was <laughs> you're, you're tucking your belly skin into your pants. <laughs> tell you that much. Um, but it was it was a big step to do that surgery, and and uh, honestly, it, it was awful. It was awful. It was Did you so, get a Sono Bello? No, I went oh. to uh, a Phoenix in Bellevue. Oh, okay, and uh, yeah, it just it was it was quite an experience. So when you come out, you're feeling awful. You have so I had four different of these surgical drains put in me. Two two that were um right below my belly button, about three inches. Then one on each side of my hip, and they're pretty painful. You got to drain them every couple hours. They're just pulling nasty bile out of your wounds. Mm-hmm. Well, I also have a, at the time she was a two-year-old, no, three years old, and uh, let's just say she likes jumping on me. She oh, pulled no, out every God. single grain oh, ahead of time, and oh, no. mind you, they're sewn in, oh. so she, she's ripping out <laughs> stitches. And it was a very fun experience, a learning experience, <laughs> but uh, got through it, but it, it was a challenge, but I am so happy with the results. It is just amazing, and it's, you know... I feel like it it was the biggest reward part of this journey was, I guess, being able to chip that off of me and finally starting to feel like the person I want to be on the inside and Mm. showing through, I guess.
1: That's so awesome, dude. Because you have literally transformed. Like, I have watched you transform from, like, this beast of a football athlete to just this absolute wall, (laughs) (laughs) this tank. And then now it's like, you show up, I'm like, dude, this is the Chris I remember, Mm. you know, mentally, physically, you are getting so dialed in. And it's crazy to think that over, I think I was a little over a decade, you know, seeing all of that transformation happen so fast in your life. Like that's huge. And for like really wanting to get that across to the listeners is like, you know, you can change your life no matter where pits highs, whatever. I heard this quote once,
2: if not now, then
1: when, and if
2: not me, then who? Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I just, that's something that resonated with me. And it just was, you know, absolutely anybody can do it. You just got to want to and believe in
1: it'll happen now. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. I and mean, you're doing it. You're doing it to the next level. Um, what were the, were the music festivals, any big play in that? Because you're a music festival junkie. You yeah. hung out with Skrillex. <laughs> You've been into the woods of nowhere. You like you are like music man.
2: Yeah, I've definitely been to well, most of the big ones on the West Coast. Put it to you that way. Um, what exactly do you mean by did it play in?
1: Did it like what was the fascination? Was it like this is an escape?
2: Honestly, yeah. The uh, In the beginning, it was escape. It was an environment that I could do, get as fucked up as I wanted to. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. It was what I wanted to do. So, growing up, when uh, the movie Blow came out in, oh, yeah. I think movie. it was uh, I remember 2006, that film. 2000 something. I think it was 2006. Johnny Depp. Well, I was at the premiere of it. I was eight years old. What? And... I had seen my dad's friends and they partied hard and they drank and I had definitely seen some drugs from them. And so when I saw that, when I was eight years old, Boston, George became my idol. Mm -hmm. He became, if I could have put a picture on my wall of somebody, I would have put him. Mm -hmm. So growing up, I just honestly had the dream of wanting to do the drugs, be in the party and live that life. And I found it and it's Mm -hmm. awful. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, it was truly awful. I will say though, there was one music festival that I went to that was truly something special. It was Shambhala. And it was in my whole life. There is very few instances I felt safe and I felt safe there. And it was a combination of the people and the environment. And they, they do it differently than most music festivals. They, they understand what it's about and the love, I guess, of it, love Mm -hmm. of the music, love of the people. And that, that experience was fundamental, I think, in building who I am. So, all the music festivals, mostly a party. That one was, yeah, that was a growing experience.
0: Do you, uh, do you listen to Trevor Hall at all? Mm-mm. Oh, you've got to listen to him. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Is artist. Yeah. Okay. And he's great. He's just all about like love and just it's, it'll be so good just on your path and where you're heading and stuff. Yeah. Righteous. Yeah.
1: Definitely give it a listen then. Mm hmm future outlook, how you, how you plan, how you do like your goals, your, um, like you always hear people say that this is the, like the most annoying thing. Um, and I've had a lot of the podcasts that I've listened to where people are like, um, so what are your five-year plan, your 10-year plan, your, you know, I'm like, I have a tomorrow plan, dude. <laughs> like I, I do look like deep into the future, but at the same time, it's like for why, like I do so many different things that it's like, I could be flying for the next five years. I could be running a machine for the next five years. I could be producing for the next five years. You know, so many people, they only have like their one job. You know, Kayvon and I were actually talking about this is like, as creatives, our minds can't sit on doing one thing. It's just like, I just, I can't be in that environment. I just die. And so, um, you know, in your space, you know, what you're good at, what you are projected to do, but then also things that you want to do, some aspirations that you have, you know, you have Amelia and just giving her that amazing life. Cause I remember once you were like, yo dude, like you're going to be around for a long haul with Amelia. So don't do anything stupid and don't leave. I'm like, (laughs) okay, I quit doing the stupid stuff. So I know I'll be around for a long time. Um, you know and like not am only looking after her like creating a great life for her but like what are the things that really make you feel like just on top of the world you don't gotta conquer everest no absolutely whatever. not
2: so it's actually something i've uh, wrestled with in the past couple of weeks is what i'm doing with the future and where i'm going with it because honestly up until probably a couple months ago i was just doing what was expected of me i've just check my boxes I was doing what everyone else expected of me and where they wanted me to go my whole life I've done that and it was honestly something once I kind of became an addict it just was who I became I just didn't want to rock the boat with anybody so in the past couple weeks I've kind of (laughs) examined every square inch of my life and my future especially in my future with my daughter And so I've kind of come to this conclusion where I was heading is not what I need to be doing. I need to change Mm -hmm. things drastically. So I was planning on becoming an accountant. It's something I've done since I was about 13. It was something I'm fairly good at. I honestly just have the reputation and time behind the wheel to understand it. But like you just said, sitting, sitting and doing one thing isn't what your mind can handle and it's not what mine can. And I was trying to do absolutely everything to force myself through that hole. And that's a square hole I'm a round peg. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so it just was not working. So I just actually submitted my papers to be done with school. I am not, no going, way. not going back. I believe in spring quarter, all of them don't actually go to cooking school.
3: Oh my God. Okay. I this is, it.
1: this is something that I was going to touch on a little bit earlier when you were talking about like, you know, your dad would make his food, and his mom would make your food and you make your food. You are a award winning chef.
2: Yeah, um, (laughs) when I was a kid, I did 4-H, and they uh, they have options to do different things within it. I did pigs, I did photography, snowmobiling, but I got to cooking, and it it honestly just lit a fire in me, and it's Mm. something I've loved ever since. And especially baking, it's just something that just brings brings a smile to my face, and it's something I wanted to do when I was a kid. But both my parents came from you know bad backgrounds, so their belief was you have to just worry about making money. That's the only thing. That's what they're out workaholics and that's what they did. And so that was what was expected of me. And that's honestly not who I'm going to be. That's not what I I want. So I've kind of reexamined everything and realized I I just want to cook. I want to own a little bakery and just do my own thing. It's something I've always wanted to do. And so I'm known to do it. And I just, it's no time like the present. So I've scrapped all my plans. I kind of gave up my, because I had a very detailed plan for about 10 years. I had about every month planned out. And it's just not worth it trying to hold out for happiness. I want to be happy now and just live life. So my plan is honestly just to try and be a stay-at-home dad for a couple of years. And I'm just on a slow roll cooking school and just be happy. I guess that's my biggest goal is to be happy and show my daughter that.
0: I think that's so beautiful. And I just I want to touch on a couple of things. What I am feeling or what I'm, my intuition is telling me is your parents just want you to have the best life. Absolutely. They don't want you to struggle. And they found what worked for them to get to where they're at. And they want you to have that too, right? Yeah, absolutely. And you can totally have that when you follow your dreams and your passion and you're true to yourself.
2: No, absolutely. Right? Not. And that's
0: totally possible. You don't have to just own this small little bakery and make you know, whatever and just be living paycheck to paycheck. You know, you could really create something that you're passionate about and have others follow you in your footsteps and it could take off, right? Absolutely. So I think that's so cool <laughs> that you're just like listening to yourself, doing what you know that will make you happy. And oh my God, I'm like, let's open a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> because Lauren... I have a business plan of opening up an organic cafe. Because no <laughs> Yeah, my mom is an amazing chef, amazing baker, everything from scratch. And yeah. like, that is truly like, It's an art, you know, and it's just therapeutic. It's great to feed people. And it brings a lot of love, joy, connection. Like, and there's a lot of healing in that. And what you put into the food you make, that energy transfers into people when they eat it. Right? so. Think of eating Lucky Charms or McDonald's or whatever. It's like that is just the lowest vibrational food you can eat. And no wonder you feel like shit, right? Yeah. <laughs> but when you make it from scratch and you put that love and energy into it, people feel it and they want that feeling. They want that experience and people get hooked to
1: that, right? Absolutely.
0: Yeah, so... All right. Okay. There we re- go. I'm writing this note down. <laughs> yeah. Mega note. Future plans. Yeah. Goals. Dude, seriously, the first
1: <laughs> thing I thought of was YouTube.
3: Yeah.
0: YouTube. Oh, <laughs> there you YouTube. Go.
1: I'm literally going to make a YouTube channel <laughs> for all your cooking. We're going to set up a studio and we're just going to cook. Oh yeah. You know, do like, you know, once or twice a week. My neighbor, you know, had like 4 million dollar house. Yeah. She's a YouTuber. Really? Yeah. My mom's just like, Yeah, you know that house just sold again. And know some 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 young kids just bought it. I'm like, huh? Yeah, and, and her husband
0: it. like she retired her husband because she like YouTubes and shit or yeah. something like that, yeah. right?
1: And it's just I don't know if I think it's like cooking or like I don't know, sewing diapers for babies or <laughs> uh, some Just d- that overeating YouTube channel. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> How much can I stuff in my mouth?
2: Let's go. I'm gonna
1: eat four thousand cheeseburgers.
2: In one sitting.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Better be grass-fed.
1: Almost definitely. Dude, I think you'd die. I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure you'd die. Almost, yeah. yeah. That would be like the Austin Powers scene where he's like drinking the water and peeing at the same time. <laughs> Just use your imagination, <laughs> listeners. Yeah, you're eating and yeah.
3: <laughs> wow, okay. <laughs>
1: Human centipede. <laughs>
0: so we we'll are be baking with Chris
2: absolutely yeah. BC
1: <laughs> need to do the, a Snoop version like Martha and Snoop <laughs> dude I met them really? do you remember uh, South by Southwest? yeah so I went down and produced a stage yeah with uh, and, the Dick's crew right? yeah the Dick's driving crew and we were going down and I had kind of like veered away from the crew I was just like running around trying to find where everybody was it's South by Southwest it's just a drunken fiasco of like I'm been producing for a week and you're just like okay like just go here go there and then someone someone that I knew from one of the production crews was like seven, you know get over here and then out walks Snoop and Martha <laughs>
3: and I
2: just looked at him like
1: you know Snoop is tall as hell compared yeah. to me so I'm just like S-sup. what's up <laughs> and Martha's just like are you part of the crew I'm like nah nah I just, I just know them they were nice but yeah they did that whole cooking yeah but dude if you did that just like hey you gotta put the sugar (laughs) with the water and just like toss it we could yeah we could we could make this a viral oh we got this big time yeah and you excited yeah and you've got (laughs) the you've got the platform for it you know your house you know you have a perfect house to film in so we got it yeah I just want to see Lauren like throwing flour. I know. I was like, like can like, I
0: be flour. in it though? I'll just like pass it over to you. You know, you just like throw it in for the mix. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the, the
1: Pike Place fish catchers with go. The ingredients. Yep. Dude. It'd be like almost like sports themed. Yeah. Almost. Oh, yeah.
0: North, <laughs> Northwest vibes all over it.
1: Oh, Northwest vibes 100%. Like roll the dough into like a football. Like throw it. You know? Yep. But that'd be sweet, because, yeah, I remember, like, we'd go to the cabin all the time, and it, like, especially the La Connor place. Can we say that? Yeah, La Connor. Yeah, okay, because they don't have them anymore? Okay, because, yeah.
2: Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, no, we can tell all those stories. Now. Oh, okay, 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 okay. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> yeah, because I remember your dad would be, like, seven, like... To have fun, don't say anything else. It's like okay, cool. Especially your mom. Which, what yeah. Was it the pipe burst or whatever? It was like, oh. how the f- did you guys make a <laughs> pipe blow out of the wall? I'm like, I didn't do that. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well,
0: yeah. then who was it?
1: Yeah, I pff, I don't know. Honestly, you can't remember that one. <laughs> yeah, dude, there were a lot of fun times up there. But like, we would go crabbing. You know, Chris had Chris's parents had multiple yachts when I was mm-hmm. growing up. I want a caveat real quick. Just to because you guys played an integral integral part in my life. Um, you know, I've so people listening like Chris's family became my second family because I didn't really have family around here, like my dad's side, but I never I never saw them. So Chris's family was very close, not only close by, but we became very close. And so for my golden birthday. My 22nd birthday. I remember I asked Chris. I was like, yo, dude, everybody's talking about this whole like a yacht party. Like this would be like the dream. <laughs> He's like, yeah, dude, just ask, ask the parents. They'll probably, they're fine with it. You know all about yachts. You've worked on 400 of those boats. Like, you know it inside and out. So I went <laughs> I went to Clarice and Gary and I was just like, can I use your yacht? And they're like, for what? And I'm like, for my birthday. And they're like, oh, yeah. Have at it. You know it. <laughs> your dad, your dad literally told me, is like, as long as you don't sink it, we're good. We're good. I'm like, all right, I can, I can do that. And yeah, 22nd birthday, you unfortunately didn't make it. I won't go into that Aww. part, but yeah, Chris, Chris was preoccupied in a fantastic way for him.
0: Right, yeah, I'm so curious. Yeah. I mean, we don't need to go into the details, but yeah, after, after the show.
1: Yeah. And then, um, <laughs> And so, yeah, I just, it was the most ridiculous party of all time. And I just remember thinking, like, Clarice is going to kill me if, like, anything's out of place. <laughs> Gar- Gary's not going to know the difference because he's kind of like, oh, well, the boat's still there. So, like, whatever. So, so, from that party, everything got cleaned up, put away. It was back to where it
2: was, except for there's two pairs of panties and a pair of, <laughs> and a pack of cigarettes in the master bedroom in the sheets, like, at the bottom. Exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my God! I'm, is he from Woodenville?
1: Yeah. Oh. oh, please don't tell me. <laughs> yes, he's from Woodenville.
0: Yeah, I know him. <laughs> we probably know a lot of the same people. Like, anyways, but
1: yeah, the Woodenville Bothell crew. Yeah, they all knew each other. I think you guys are the same age.
0: Um, so no. I graduated in 2010. You're, okay, yeah.
2: Where did you go? Bothell. I was at Englebow for a little bit.
0: Okay, so yeah, I'm sure we know a few of the same people yeah.
1: more than likely. Yeah, yeah but I, I will never forget. There was, sorry, but I'm putting this out there. <laughs> <laughs> I will never, I could barely walk through that boat. And I just remember this like, help, help. <laughs> I'm just like, huh? And he's like, Savon get me out of here I'm like what and I was like I knew how to pick the boat and pick the locks and everything and so I picked the lock I'm like as I like opened the door I'm like are you okay no and I just <laughs> slam it slam it closed cause there were two girls on top of him and oh <laughs> my God. Yeah. he basically ran through the entire boat yeah <laughs> yeah And <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, describes it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. But um, yeah, it was a lot of that was a lot of fun. Um, I'm trying to remember what I was going on before this. Yeah, it had to do with like you know Chris has these future plans. He wants to do a bakery. Oh, it was cooking. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I got it.
0: Wow, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> so <we're, laughs> I yeah, lost. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, so <laughs> yeah, so come full circle, we're back at the Laconer Laconer yes. cabin and uh so so the yachts, yeah, that's what it was. Yep, there so we your go. parents had bought this La place because they're like, we want a place to park the yacht. we don't want to pay for the <laughs> marina. let's buy a house and like it's
2: very simple logic
1: true fashion of them, <laughs> yeah, so they had this place, and all the time it didn't matter if it was one of Chris's you know outings that we were all getting together at or it was like family we we're like, hey, let's go out like you know Shelby she'd yeah. be like, hey, let's go out and Oh, man, there's another story I'm going to tie into this whole thing. So we would go crabbing all the time. And Chris knows all the secret spots. Mm. You know, we won't give them away. But Chris has <laughs> spots where it's just like drop the pots, crabs show up like every time. And so we'd go through, grab grab the crabs, um, boil them. Yeah. Well, in, in that pot. Crack them. Yeah, crack them, boil, boil them. them. And he would just make the best like meals with that it was just it was unreal i remember one time we were up in roach you did what crab steak asparagus and potatoes yeah something like that it was seriously like my kind of meal yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) eating eating and living on the yacht just like cruising for the weekend like those those are memories i will always cherish oh yeah but um but yeah as far as the they're going, the going crabbing. Yeah. So we went we went crabbing one time, and Chris is like, we're just going to drop the pots, then we're going to go fish, because it's like salmon season or something. I'm like, all right, cool. So it was Chris, his cousin Shelby, and myself, as well as our friend Kayvon and his girlfriend at the time, <laughs> Shelby. So Kayvon will be on the episode. like. Podcast later on, so I know the story will come up again. So I think it'll just be fun for the listeners, like, oh, we'll get a little taste of it. Yeah, different perspectives. Yeah, <laughs> Kayvon has massive motion sickness, very bad, and oh, Chris no. has zero fear of speed. He's like,
3: Love it. I'm on. Whether it's
1: on the road, on the water, whatever, he's just hammer like down. hammer, hammer down, yep. like yep. the whole time. So we had gone out to this bay or whatever. I don't know. It was like Friday Harbor. One yeah, of the, one of the I islands. I think we actually
2: went and got lunch at Friday Harbor. Yeah.
1: But that was like after we went fishing. Yeah. <laughs> so we get out to this this area. They're going to go fishing. And <laughs> Kaywon's like, I'm going to die. I'm going to throw up. This is horrible. And Shelby's. So both Shelby's that was the hard part is we had two shelvies oh, and it was man. just like it was impossible <laughs> impossible to like get either of their attention because there's like you know staring at space or something
3: <laughs>
1: and uh so okay was like dying it's probably i don't know 70 degrees out yeah, he's better. he's got a blanket on like on the bow of the boat chris and i are like fishing away like fetal
2: position yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> tucking for
1: life <laughs> talking for life <laughs> oh, so <no>. bad <laughs> And then on the way, he's like, all right, we're going to go home. And so we had all been like really drinking the night before, mm-hmm. like heavily drinking. And we were like, oh, dude, we're to go on the boat. Like, yeah. we're going to sleep. It's fine. We can just have a drink and then go to bed. I don't remember eh, 80% of the night. There are some flashes that yeah. I remember. <laughs> like, Shelby would be like, here's a drink. I'm like, what is it? She's like, it's great. All right. <laughs> That's a flash that yeah, I had. Just boom. Yeah. And so <laughs> on the way back, I've. I grew up like I didn't grow up on boats, but I've been on boats enough, you know, with my work that I'm like, I know sea legs, like how to stand, how to whatever. And these are like, what, six foot swells? No, it was probably three to four <laughs> Three to four. Yeah. But like you had pinned. Yeah. This, I mean, you had, it, you had it floored, dude. So I'm hanging on. It's was this the Boston or the Grady? Yeah. No, it was the Wellcraft. Oh, the Wellcraft. Yeah, so it has, like, this rung that goes around the back that's open. So I'm like, I'm just holding on. I'm like, I know how Chris drives. I've been around him for so long. It's like, I know what to do. He knows what to expect. Yeah, like, I can expect the unexpected. So I'm just hanging out, you know, just taking the waves, just, like, floating up and down. Both Shelbys are in the back corner of the boat just nuking off the side. Like, basically, every wave that came, they're, like, just shoot. It's, like, literally, like... A fire,
2: fire hose. Oh the my Seattle God. Fire boat Jesus.
0: <laughs> That is terrible.
1: They're just nuking out the side. So Kev, because of his motion sickness, he had gotten cold or whatever. He's like, Oh, I'm gonna go into the bow where there's like this little like cabin. There's like a mm-hmm. kitchen. A little cutty cabin. Yeah. Bed area. A little bed area. You know, this was like a what 35 foot boat or something. Yeah. So he's like down there. And I just remember hearing this like <laughs> I'm like, the hell is that? And so I'm holding on, looking forward, but I'm looking at the wave so I can time it, you know, with Chris. Because Chris is just. Chris is literally driving with one finger, just full throttle, like mm. it's like a surfboard. Here we you? go. <laughs> yeah, it's like you figure it out. It's fine. The girls are dying. Chris and I are just like rolling with the waves, and then I hear this. Th- I'm like, "What is that?" And I look down in the bow, and Kev is <laughs> flying up <laughs> off the bed and slamming back down onto it. He's like, God, <laughs> guys!" I feel sick. I'm gonna. I'm like, why are you up there? That's the worst part of the boat to be in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's got about four feet of travel. He's going. Dude, he's hitting the ceiling. He's hitting the bed. He's just getting oh slammed. That was
3: one, <laughs> one of my favorite of memories.
1: <laughs> <laughs> going fishing. It was a, It was amazing. Yeah, we had so many good times. Yeah, that was just that was one that just really stuck in my head. I just always remember that. Yeah. Going fishing with it was just whatever it was, hunting. We don't really hunt it, but like shooting guns, fishing, boats, the country life, like you guys have done it all. And you especially like you've been able to experience the things that most people haven't because of what's been afforded to you. Absolutely. And um just kind of like rounding this off, you know what I mean? Like you have had the ability to go wherever, do whatever. And experience life in a light that not many people have been able to experience. And now coming full circle at a mature, like fully functioning age. And your brain is like solid. You're like, I got this now. You went through all of that and you figured it out. And so what is kind of like that final thought of like, okay, I did all these things. I know where I'm going. What is that feeling like for you?
2: happiness it's Mm. it's um can um safe i guess comfortable um it just feels good honestly i just finally feel myself i guess i feel good i am it's hard to kind of describe actually um i guess i need to spend more time thinking about it but i i just am i feel
1: like i finally hit a baseline of happiness and i'm just wanting to ride it out (laughs) that's awesome dude so how soon, can we, uh, how soon can we see this bakery thing going on? Oh, we got a couple of years. I got a couple more of just being dad and making that my main focus. That's awesome. You're done with the pursuit of being a CPA. Yep. Because you basically were that forever. Yep. And then you've got kind of everything set aside so you can be just stay-at-home dad, kind of chill, yep. do your thing, and really be with your daughter growing up. Yeah. I, uh, I just want to be...
2: Be there for every possible step because kids grow up so fast it, it's truly yeah. tr- truly a miracle watching a child grow and whether it's one hour or one week i i can notice a difference in her and i guess i just want to experience every moment of that
1: that is really incredible and the fact that you have the ability to that you've set yourself up on that part of life you've set yourself up so that you can be there yeah you know even the you know your single dad but the fact that you can afford to be there for your daughter, those are the what do they say? Like the most pivotal years of a child's life.
3: Yeah.
0: Well, what I was thinking is, yeah, they the first, you know, two to seven years of a kid's life is the most important, right? For their own brain development, what they're going to be like an experience for their future, just like what you've experienced, right? And yeah. how it played out in your life. Like you had to go through those things and you had to go on this journey so that you can do it differently for your daughter. Yeah. And I think what keeps coming up for me, um, what I'm hearing is like you finding yourself, right? And that's, we're all doing that. Yeah. We're all <laughs> on this journey. We're all trying to figure out who we are and what brings us happiness. And when you find it, then you get to really like make steps forward, you know?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it's so good. Well, yeah, feel, so feeling good with it. Feeling good, man. That's awesome. Well, sweet. Yeah, with I think with that we'll wrap it up. We, I think we touched on everything. We learned a lot from you, Chris. <laughs> it's been it's been an adventure. Not awesome. only getting to know you, becoming really great friends with you and your family, and now that you get the ability to, you know, pursue this, um, the health side with Lauren, and then that we can connect even on a deeper level. Absolutely. I'm so glad that you live literally on the other side of town.
2: <laughs> right down the street. <laughs> literally
1: just terrorizing Kirkland with the side by side. Hell
2: <yeah. laughs> Th- Those were those were the days. Yeah. Those were the days. God, those things should be illegal. They just make you want to do so many fun things.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, where was I through all this? Like can we make some of these memories like now? <laughs> oh most definitely.
1: <laughs> yeah. We just need all Gary to go it. buy another side by side. Gary go buy two more side by side (laughs) let's go awesome well thank you everybody for listening in today uh, tonight's uh, episode this has been a good one Chris you brought a lot to the table thank you so much for sharing on a very deep level opening up and just sharing what it's all about from the deep depths to now absolutely coming out to the light and really getting after it we have a guest that's coming in you guys are gonna be super stoked about I can't wait for it but until next time, cheers. 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 Sweet. All right, on, dude. Oh, that was so great. Oh, that was money. So many
0: people are gonna connect with that and love it so much. I yeah,
1: think. that is. That is it. A-